I, 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 we are obsessed in the UK with property ownership. It, when you when you own your own property, it's yours, isn't it? And it, it's your own, your own your own space that you want to protect. When I can understand that, Maybe. It's where your property is, it's where your life is. You know. Oh my God, William! All these links. All these links. Me do. Phil yeah. Bailey. <laughs> Phil Bailey link. Right. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's writing it on his hand. Yeah. William's going to introduce this charade. I am, aren't I? Well, you've already introduced it, haven't you? Because you've started it already. It was a, it was a voice in the ether, as you yeah. said in the last episode. Ether. My name is William Manklo. This is the People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast. I won't say who I am because I I normally say this every single episode, but I just say who I am. I'm William Manklo. I'm the co-host of this charade. Who's He's alongside me? He's a photographer. No, is he a good one? What do you think? Snap, snap, wink, wink. Say no more. <laughs> um, <laughs> who's the other? podcast host of this charade i'm stuart the wild man mabba and uh i and write about nature i talk about nature i lead walks in nature do everything i can in nature to make it part of people's daily life and i also do this we we generally we answer questions sent in by listeners uh i we reckon do. uh more than two-thirds of what these episodes we've done have been listener generated and we just read them out and work our way through them like two men sat in a pub getting inebriated on Newcastle Brown Ale a Newcastle Brain Ale is yeah. a different thing entirely isn't it <laughs> you are the podcast I am the podcast um, this is a a longer question uh, from Ivan in Grindleford um, so we'll we'll actually read it out verbatim and then we'll probably split it into, into parts yep um, I'll go for reading this question it's okay. quite a long one isn't it whatever that means in the UK, we're totally obsessed with home and property ownership. Well, that's my personal perspective. So, Ivan's personal perspective. Yeah. If someone buys a house next to a river or on the coast and experiences increasing levels of floods or erosion of that coast, devaluing or even threatening the existence of their property, is it even fair or ever fair to blame others for their situation or even expect the system to support them by implementing flood and erosion mitigation measures? or even support them financially so the investment value is sustained. Is this really a reflection, though, that many of the systems that of the civilised world w are unsustainable and, example, and an example of how the nomadic cultures are more adaptable to the ever-changing natural world? It feels like the civilised world is literally behaving like King Canute, trying to hold back the tide, but I realise the nomadic cultures have their own issues too. So this, the crux of this question is between people who are in a set position or people who are willing to or move move yeah really um my, well, we're my not in a set position when we do this podcast because we've moved outdoors again william we're out in my garden in your in your courtyard garden yeah um, um, you so if you hear we've done a couple of recordings already in this session and we haven't had one single emergency vehicle we've had a couple yeah. of buses a yeah. couple of motorbikes there was one that was very loud yeah that i think stuart was revving remind, get... yeah remind me reminded me of my mum <laughs> yeah long story yeah that, that, let's not delve into that right now okay. but i think it's, it's a nice question to delve into this in an in an outdoor setting because we're talking about people on cliff tops where their houses could be falling over the side due to erosion it's nice to be outdoors and and relating to that actually but i do remember seeing like um say like a house that was nowhere near the coast at one point yeah and suddenly they lose their garden lose part of their garden more of their garden and suddenly their house is is threatened yeah surely in that situation 
you would be aware of it. Yeah. You know, it's a bit like um, it's a bit like the difference between moving into somewhere yeah. and then something's been built next to you, or moving next to moving to moving. So, for example, if you're in a house that's near a, f- a football stadium or near a railway, it's like well, you knew that yeah. was where you were moving into. So yeah. surely you've got to realise that certain things are going to happen there. Yeah. So if you're going to build, if you're going to get a house next to a river, and, and I've always I've always liked the idea of a house next to a river, river or a lake. It's just something nice to be living next to water. But those damn things flood. But they flood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that can be down to uh, climate change, but it can also just be down to natural court. Yeah. Uh, it just floods anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to start at the beginning, uh, Ivan. Um, in the UK, we're totally obsessed with home and property ownership yes um, well that's in my experience Ivan says absolutely and I've often yes. said I think we're a lot of that's rooted in the fact we've been invaded so many times and we, we put up these fences around our property this is mine this is yours but it must come from the enclosure act I would have thought oh it goes way beyond that I mean uh, land ownership really started to take off in like the 1600s before enclosure and it, it was about to removing people from your land I think it, it goes and it goes way back beyond that but I, 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 we are obsessed in the UK with property ownership there is some sort of it's like in Poland a lot of Polish uh, men the, 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 their progress in life is, is you, you, you leave school you get a job you get married you have kids and you build your own house we have this process in this country, we, we, you know, the pinnacle is owning your own house, but you've gone wrong somewhere. And I do know, like, that social housing in this country, it's, it's looked down on, and, but in places like Holland, uh, social housing is not called social housing, it's owned by the state, and you own it long term, you're allowed to decorate it and, and, and put your own stamp on it, it's yours. Yes, it's just somewhere you live. I remember the conversation with Heli, we, we talked about yeah. this about the, from the Finnish perspective. Yeah. And Finland is exactly the same. Yeah. You know, the actual that the, the the term social housing doesn't even exist. It's just yeah. it's just not owned by you. Yeah. It is actually an option to rent from your local authority. Yeah. Or, or, or yeah, it, it, it's it's just looked at differently. Moving on, uh, if someone buys a house next to uh, a river or the coast and experiences increasing levels of floods or erosion of that coast devaluing or even threatening the existence of that property is it ever fair to blame others for the situation or even expect the system to support them by implementing flood erosion mitigation or erosion mitigation measures or even support them financially so the investment value is sustained (laughs) some very deep questions there i was just thinking that you know if you move next to it like i said earlier if you move next to a river or next to the coast you will be aware that there's going to be yeah. a problem. However, you are also then at the extreme, you're going to be more affected by weather events that yeah. have been brought on by climate change. I know so, people who have bought uh, houses next to rivers and completely shocked because the river actually goes up and down. And you think, oh, this is nice. It's just, uh, I think you need to do your due diligence. Read the survey pack <laughs> before you buy it. Yeah. Um, so I think, you, you know, you have to be realistic. Look at the news. I know somebody who <laughs> somebody who moved from the city into the countryside wanted this uh, stereotypical roses over the door cottage, 
and then uh, wrote to the council complaining about all this noise in this big building over the hedge that happened every morning and every evening, and it was a dairy farm. It yeah. was, uh, well, I'm sorry, but you moved there. Yeah. Um, and there was somebody else I know who complained about all the the, the, the smell of the countryside. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Yeah, but that, but again, that's the whole thing about you. if you move into a location, you, then you've got to be... Yeah. You can be... Uh, I would say if you, move, if, you, if you move somewhere, you can be aware of most things but there are also things that you you can never become aware of apart unless you live there long term it it goes on to say this question from Ivan is it ever fair to blame others for their situation it depends if if, say for example somebody does something upstream and maybe somebody blocks off so there's less water coming through uh, and it, and then it, the land dries out, and and then it causes subsidence. In that instance, you could say there is a tangible um, recompense needs to go, a reimbursement, mm. you know. or the other end of the spectrum. You know that, you, that there's maybe there's something more valuable downstream. Yeah, your property is not so valuable. Yeah, or seen deemed as valuable in not in the the, the financial sense, but you know, yeah. importance. Uh, that it's actually we need that, that in a way the water is held there a bit longer Ooh. because it yeah. to stop flooding further downstream. Yeah, and it's sort of like well, we're not nomadic in this country, and um, should we be? I think it would solve a lot of problems, but it's a hell of a transition. I think yeah. we're, if we have. Co- um, cultural breakdown like we're expecting if the climate gets really really bad there's going to be natural uh, so nomadic around but when we're talking about nomadic we're talking about um non-ownership of where we live yeah so that actually becomes more maybe more centralized more local authority based maybe i always think they should there needs to be more housing that is owned by the local authority that is then available for people who who either need it definitely for whatever their situation is or, or actually prefer to do that but they don't they don't want to be burdened with yeah. a mortgage the thing is it says in this question as well should they expect your the, the system to support them by implementing flood mitigation and erosion measures well by doing that especially on the coast or something as as has an impact further around the coast because say you you you, you put in a, a a wave break somewhere that affects stops the waves coming in here that energy then goes around the coast and so I do, I do think we just have to be. I know if you've got millions of pounds locked up in this, and you're really attached to the to the place you live. But I also think you need to be realistic. You know, we're 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 inflicting our building on that piece of land, and that piece of land is always changed. I mean, we've said in this podcast that the planet Earth was a, a raging volcano, and then it was a frozen ice ball. Yeah, and you you go sticking your house on this piece of land, and you you're expecting to hold back the ice age and the volcanoes, and then you're you're saying I want to hold back a little bit of water. It's it, to me, yeah. it's an indication of we're, we're inflicting ourselves. Well, that reminded me of, um, but it's not it's not easy for people who are in these properties. I have to say, but you do no. have to look at it on a bigger picture. Yeah, and no, no, I'm just thinking about the whole. I've never owned my own home, but when you when you own your own property, it's yours, isn't it? And it, it's your own, your own your own space that you want to protect, and I can understand that. Maybe. It's where your property is, it's where your life is, you know. Well, I've owned a property, and I didn't feel that at all. Well, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I, d- I felt it was a noose around my neck. I didn't feel I owned it any more than. I don't know. Some yeah, some people do feel they own it, but I I, th- I think that's an illusion. We don't own anything. We're just 
custodians of everything. I, th- I was also thinking as well, the, with these events like erosion um, and also flooding, um, you just said about um, volcanic eruptions, for example. Yeah. Um, I was watching a really interesting and slightly ridiculous um, <laughs> history programme recently that was talking about the, the eruption of Vesuvius during the Roman times. And I can't remember exactly how many people died that died there, but it was it was in the thousands. Yeah. But now in that same that same region, up to three million people live there. Can you imagine? Because it could happen again. It could easily happen again. Yeah. And that would be that. I mean, I think the response the response would be very different because we actually know what volcanoes yeah. are. But it's again, I, I I was thinking of also, this is the brilliant time of living. Brilliant thing about living at this time, at this time of uh, human history is you're able to just see so much that happens in the world and there was the obviously there was the eruption i think it was gran canaria yeah and uh, the, the footage of, of this 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 lava coming down the road and people looking astonished that lava was coming down the road and i was like well but you live underneath yeah. a volcano um surely you know that yeah i think we need a wake-up call now and again i'm not being disparaging to anybody who owns their no. house or no. in these situations but it, it, it's not it's not a black and white answer and the interesting bit here is should the system support them financially so their their investment value is sustained? Absolutely not. Investment goes up and down. You have to deal with that. Yeah. You know that that's the risk you take. And as long mm. as it's not impacted and caused by somebody's neglect or negligence, yes. You know that, 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 that's, that's if you if you can afford to buy a million pound house, great, enjoy it. I but do. you shouldn't be entitled to having the state saying, oh, "I want my money back." Yeah. Do you remember there was a uh, in, in the in the east of Oxford, uh, it was, I can't. It was, I think it was Normandy Crescent. There was a flood in Normandy twice. Crescent. Twice, yeah, and it that happened was, twice. Yeah, that was in the same place. Yeah, that was that was that was um, the infrastructure was just not in a good condition, was it? No, what it was was uh, yeah, Normandy Crescent. It's just in a slight dip, and mm. uh, you know where the turnaround is at the bottom of Horsepath Road. Very micro uh, conversation here. Yeah, yeah, my, very my, close to where we are right now. Actually, yeah, that turnaround where there's a massive, massive water main. It goes all the way up that cycle track yeah. up to Headington. Sure, and it just it was laid in the late fifties, and it just rusted. And when the first flood came, a joint broke and it just flooded people out of their homes uh, and they, they, re- they replaced the lot, uh, the, the, the broken bit. But then it went again and they just had to replace the whole but that, line. But that's very much, you can see the... Well, it happened here as well with my gas, if you remember, the, 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 it yeah. rusted away. I do remember that, yeah. But I, it, that, that's very much um, not the residents... No. Bolt, is it? That, that, so, and that was sorted. That was that was sorted out, wasn't it? That was sorted out, and I wouldn't even say it, it was the authorities' fault. It was just infrastructure comes to its end. Yeah. And yeah. Um, uh, and but those people didn't own their properties. They were in rental. That was social housing. Well, it partially is and partially isn't. Yeah. So I'm sure there'd be people who well, own the properties. Yeah, that's there true. As well. Very true. But um, I, I, I think um, that, but that isn't necessarily nature causing that is it that's us you know you know so that's a slightly different argument isn't it and i was just thinking of um you know of course in insurance generally speaking you have this uh uh, acts of god yeah are not covered are not covered i'd like to go i got a good solicitor who'd like to take that to court does god exist controversial but it's our podcast very very good (laughs) stand-up routine by um uh, bill bailey about that as well Uh, we should include a link Oh my God, William! All these links, all you these make links we do. Bill yeah, Bailey. Bill Bailey link. 
Right, okay. <laughs> he's writing it on his hand. Yeah. Okay, so let's have a look at anything else in this question. Um, is this really a reflection, though, of that many of the systems of the civilised world are unsustainable? Yes, uh, Ivan. And an example of how nomadic cultures are more adaptable to ever-changing natural world? Yes, Ivan, absolutely. Well, they do face their own challenges. Do they have the issues too? Because uh, living nomadically, then it's like you don't have anywhere specifically to live and you have to go with... Yeah, they're moving with the resources. Yeah. Uh, and, and the uh, resources are becoming more scarce. In and they ways. can only move with the resources as long as the Western civilised world say they can, yeah. often. Yeah. Um, and that's what Ivan says. It feels like, uh, what was it? Um, feels like the civilised world is literally behaving like King Canute, uh, trying to hold back the tide. But I realise the nomadic cultures have their own issues too. Yeah. Um, I think that's a very reasonable or balanced ending to that question. Ivan. Yes, yes. But... It, Really good question. Thanks very much, um, Ivan. Um, yeah. It was just, um, I think we've discussed that nicely and succinctly today. Yeah, I know that that's going to annoy a lot of people who are in these situations, but I, 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 I feel sorry for you if you are in that situation, but I think you have to be, uh, you know, look at the bigger picture. And I think, I think if you really are, if you've got, do you have you been being your bonnet about it and we've, we, we've inspired you to, to uh, respond. Slag us off. You can respond via social media. You can send us an email as well. Um, yeah, come and come and conversate and, and share this podcast with five of your friends. And maybe you haven't. You have neighbours that are in a similar situation. If you're in a situation where you are facing flooding or coastal erosion, share this with your neighbours and see what they think as well. Yeah. It builds that community, maybe. Yeah, which was our, our last podcast was about community. So, I've been Stuart the Wild Man, but he's been... I've been William the, the Waft... What was it? Waffler, the Waffler. The Waffler Man, Chloe. Yeah. That's going to be my new nickname, I think. Yeah, um, yeah thanks very much for, for listening today. Uh, we really appreciate everybody who's listened to this podcast, especially you sat there drinking your laps and souchong and a slice of bread. Yeah, and trying to get the uh, IT working at the uh, Heathrow uh, air traffic control. <laughs> or trying to paint a painting. Yeah, of the South of, Downs. Of or the North Downs. Of the landscape. Yeah. Uh, but you can't quite get the trees. Or selling a microchip out the back of a Nissan study out the back of the local spa shop. Pedro, I say Pedro. He's back again. He's back again. Right, that's the end of this podcast. See you in the next episode. I've got to eat my bread.